0: Welcome. This is a space to be on today's episode. I will be in conversation with Ana Maria Alvarez, Nicole Atlas Robinson, Cynthia Gutierrez on the subject of anger and the emotional fire of rage as Latin black persons of color as artists, movers, makers, and mothers. Each of these women confront systems of oppression, actively undoing the matrices of racism, misogyny, poverty and toxic capitalism through their work as artists and activists, educators, community builders, as leaders, as social change agents, as family matriarchs and as critical thinkers challenging why things are the way they are. Welcome to each of you. Hey, Nicole, I know you're transitioning, so you do whatever it is that you need to do to just feel like you her. can assemble into being a oh, person. Yes. I know, we can all be motivated where you're like, yes, I do want to feel that, and how come my arms don't look like that? <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, so Nicole. so for
1: being so gracious with me. I um, am over here um, disrupting the status quo and doing all of those incredible things in my school district, so I had set up a, um, meeting. Uh, I have a group of students that are meeting with each of our board members to discuss concerns about the lack of arts education programming in our district. So today was our first meeting and they were super nervous, um, but they were super awesome. And that meeting um, ended with the board, me- the board member asking them to start writing a resolution. And I just got so excited about that. Just the idea that as a teenager, you would leave a legacy like that in the district. So super excited about that so um but you know rebel rousing and disrupting the status quo is exhausting right (laughs) Um,
0: and when you get a lunch break I mean like do you get a snack with that I mean does this come on you like
1: that's the thing I was ready for today too I was like girl you got to pack your lunch because you're going to be doing some disruption today (laughs) I love it. So thank you for your grace in um, letting me, giving me room to transition out of that meeting. Cause I, I think it's going to be some important work and I'm super excited about it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're doing the work, so please do whatever you need to transition from having been a fantastic disruptor doing it. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, please have a sandwich. I wish I could offer you nap time. Do you know what I mean? Like, so no, I'm good.
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But thank you for thinking of me for this. You know, I always love to share space with you. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Nice to meet everybody. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, Nicole um, directs the program at AB Miller um, in the Inland Empire in um, Fontana and does work that has essentially created an extraordinary and almost singular pipeline from that community, from uh, young childhood all the way through access to her program that then is this beautiful pipeline outward to college and university systems um, for people who would otherwise um, never know how to consider uh, dancing and, and the arts as an actual like life. Um, so she does uh, some pretty beautiful overt, like obviously structural work and some really wonderful underground tunneling work um, to just get people um, out um, of where they are circumstantially into um, places that they need to be. Um, so that sort of leads me to like why I love you all, like love you Love all. you too, Holly. Yeah, because <laughs> man, because you're doing it, because you're doing it. And I, I really admire how you do it. Um, what I love is that each of you have impact in different ways um it is always done through like ginormous love i mean like ginormous loving so much passion like you go walk into a space with each of you and immediately you're like what is that is that being hugged uh, uh, uh." and you can feel it um and just like as nicole was describing about her work um you hit hard you work hard you push Uh, You demand, you insist. Um, And I'm just right now at a place where um, I want to know how to keep doing it. Um, I want to know how to fight. I want to know how to push. I want to know how to disrupt. Um, I want to know how to be in conversation about being angry. Mm -hmm. Um, How and when is it ever going to be safe? To just be like, yeah, I'm pissed. That's it, there's actually nothing after it. That's just the statement, that's it, you can, it's just, I'm pissed. And to feel confident um, in that assertion, uh, because we know that that's actually the grounding, the fire starting for so much change, so much necessary, like passionately, like I care so much, I'll burn this shit down, (laughs) kind of change. (laughs) Um, And I think that you guys are doing that. And so um, I'm curious to ask how it feels. Um, Each of you are mothers. Um, So there's that sphere of that layer of like, are you allowed to be a mama bear and uh, growl at the same time? Or are you always supposed to be cute? I mean, um, so there are those layers, the, the layers of leadership. That you have in each of your arenas in your own art and in your educational work as well um and um in your interpersonal relationships how you're navigating the dynamics of of power um, uh, all of that so i mean i know that that's a kind of a big like everything topic just a just a small subject matter for us to have a conversation with, Um, but maybe as we sort of enter in, um, as each of you have opportunity to share, if you also describe sort of um, who you are, where you're located, what sort of surrounds you um, at the same time maybe um, speaking to or addressing um, some of the the questions that might come up. Does that feel good, fair, everybody? Feeling on board, beautiful. Um, really, I just kinda first wanna know, um, do you guys admit? I mean, like, how do you admit? Where do you admit? How do you admit you're angry? Like, where where is that as a relationship for you?
2: I'm happy to jump in. I. I feel like anger is real accessible these days. <laughs> um, so so I'm Ana Maria. I am a, a mother, a choreographer, an artistic director of tiempo, who's my other baby. Um, I definitely rabble rouser problem make problem creator and solver (laughs) um you know disruptor for sure and nicole i love that that's how you came into the conversation (laughs) um yeah i just i think that i just i've been feeling just like a deep sense of being enraged um not only just recently but i feel like uh this last year and a half has given me space to kind of acknowledge that that's what it is and that, uh, and actually like realizing that a lot of my, both my work and also my decisions in life have been rooted and just like the sense that there's so much to fight for and against that I just, um, it's the fire underneath me. Um, and it gets me in trouble sometimes with the people in my life and, um, and I think that there's like a level of uh, a level of disruption that it creates. Because, and I think a lot of it has to do with being a woman, specifically a woman of color, but also a woman uh, that there's like not an a, not not a space for us to be that way and also be a creator, a generator, a conjurer, a lover. Like like that they feel binary and pitted against one another. Like the and. And when you're talking about this, what came up for me, too, is this idea of, of something that we've been working on a lot in Contra Tiempo is, like, what does it mean to create systems that support struggle? Like, what does that actually look like to have to have that? And I think a lot of times when we think of struggle or we think of rage or we think of anger. It's about disruption of systems. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to actually have systems that, like, wrap their arms around, wrap our arms around the idea of struggle? And... Yeah, so that's something that I just want to put that in the space because I felt like that was something that newly we've been kind of exploring and trying to articulate and practice. And yeah, it seems it seems relevant and connected to this conversation. Sure.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think supporting this struggle is so beautiful and also such a great intervention on the toxic sort of positivity that we're all pressed into, which I think also is a frustration Um, for so many of us. So I think the idea that it's not just a support for like how bright light and happy can you be, but like real support system for this struggle in a way that glorifies it and brings dignity um, to it and also recognizes the essentiality of it. Um, That it's not just some sort of like, I don't know. I think we like to pretend that it's not supposed to exist you know what I mean? That we're just like, just kidding. Just kidding. That's not the life part that I was talking about. Just this other bright, shiny, cute, like, look at this, like, you know what I mean? Like, show. Well, Holly,
2: it's, it's also connected to the, and I feel like we were just talking about this is resilience and joy, like that real joy, like rooted joy is based in rage and anger and, and, um, and the feeling of like, in, like th- that something's not right, and so how are we going to actually like create a space where there where things feel right? Is like I feel like is the is that resilience building that is created by joy through joy, and that joy isn't like happy, happy. We're all joyous, happy. It's it's joy is like ugh, how do I like turn something into like the alchemy of creating something beautiful and powerful out of out of struggle, and so that's also like the the rootedness of like. Of, of all of it existing simultaneously, the all of it. So mm. I'll be quiet because I want to hear other people. But <laughs> so no, I'm like, no, yes, no, let's no, talk no, about no, this, no. please.
3: <laughs> yes,
1: I think for me, and I, I'm, and I. This may be slightly off topic, perhaps I don't know. Um, I went through this period shortly after all that had happened with George Floyd, and then continuing on through January 6 this place of, like, why do I have to be responsible to inform? Like, why do I have to do that? And then um, I have a cousin who was a freedom writer and did several arrested, you know, jailed with Martin Luther King. And I was lamenting to her that I'm, like, tired of having to try to bring restoration and reconciliation into spaces. And, you know, she just kind of pushed back and said, There are some people that stand on the sidelines and there are some people that lead the charge and you just happen to be the person that's leading the charge and she just said so instead of you being being angry about that she's like what happens when you lean into that like lean into that's who you are that's who you were built to be that you have maybe perhaps a way with people or a way to get people to think about situations differently. She's like, just to be basically like a shaman. And she said, so a shaman, she's like, so how can you, how can you lean into that? She's like, I get it. She's like, you're angry. She's like, but don't you think we were angry in the fifties? And that, you know, that just, it it pushed me back on my heels. And so Mm -hmm. just taking this new approach to how can I use my leadership in places that I have influence? And it, it feels different to say that, right? Like, okay, looking at this place, like right now I'm headed to my church and, you know, the Christian church is really struggling with racial reconciliation and the church that I go to is predominantly white, but I've just been given space to, to talk about some of these issues and looking at that from the lens of this is a place where you can provide leadership. Um. In in those things. So yeah, I guess that's that's what I'm thinking about, or that's what I'm coming into this conversation to just offer is how can I, how can I lean into that as a woman of color, and not be frustrated about that responsibility, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. No, I love that, and I, I really love that. You know, that sometimes, yeah. Um, even though we don't choose it, um, we are chosen to lead the charge. I love the idea of the physicality and the muscularity and the yielding to leaning in um, to that leadership, into that charge um, position. Uh, So I really appreciate that. And um, again, one of the reasons why I think your presence is so valuable here is because I do think that you have a really elegant way to contour efforts. There is something about you that knows how to shift, like real labor, like labor, like you're doing right now, labor, heavy lifting, ignorant brick by ignorant brick labor, (laughs) just like rebuild. Do you know what I mean? Like heavy lifting labor. And, and yet you find this way to do what it is that you were offering and that's to make it graceful. Um, But there's a kind of tenacity that has this, like, kind of fury, like, hell no, it's not going to not be this way. And a way to go, wow, how is that maneuvering with my muscularity still graceful? And so I just, I appreciate that offering uh, and, and just, yeah, just really want to appreciate that. So thank you, Nicole.
3: You know, for me, I I loved reading your questions, and I was sort of meditating on them, and I have such an interesting, I think, relationship with anger. I'm a water sign. I'm a cancer. So, like, I am, like, a mama, like, all, all around me. My former husband was a Scorpio. My current partner is an Aries. So that's, like... I think just being paired with people who often can have their own volatility. I have seen this in my personal life that there's this sense of like keeping the calm and, I, and I'm just calm anyway, but I feel like that's really interesting to like consider. It's not that I don't get angry, um, but I feel like when I was younger, I maybe had more anger and I didn't know how to articulate it. And as I get older, that anger is is not, it's, it's not any um, less um, present, but I feel like I'm able to just kind of harness it and figure out what I want to do with it but when I, I'm learning how to choose my battles. You know, I feel really strongly that, like, protecting my peace is, like, really, really essential for all the work that I do. So I don't, I'm really careful about, who I engage with or how I engage with them. And not because I'm afraid of a fight or any of that, but it's like, I, first and foremost, that self-care of like me, like really deciding like when I'm gonna engage with that. Cause I've had lots of situations in the past where like you post something on Facebook and these white ladies come at you and it's like, I'll go, I'll go, you know? So once the the switch is flipped, it's like, there's no turning back, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking, little Nana, like immediately. So, 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 I like. I, I am really specific about when I kind of go there because I think as a, um, and also so I think I work. I'm able to. I had the luxury of working out a lot of these frustrations, both uh, in uh, in my teaching and in my choreography. Whereas maybe earlier on, I didn't have that. Maybe I was trying, like you know, like. And also i want to say there's two big things happening in the world we're seeing all this change and then specifically, that's macro and then micro we're seeing all these changes in the dance world so there's like this dismantling of like all kinds of stuff happening and so that's so so i feel like in some ways i'm able to work out some of these things in the world in the classroom and in the studio because for example like i can say whatever i want in my classes i can when i'm teaching jazz i can say I am using Tondies and PAs in here, but that is not because ballet is important in the world of jazz at all. I, I can say things like, um, a lot of jazz researchers and scholars right now struggle with putting Jack Cole and Bob Fossey and all of these white males at the top of like the paradigm of jazz. Like we're like we're we're questioning all of that. And so I feel like I have this freedom. And I'm sure that some of the I I I live in Oregon. Most people are white here. And so I feel like even if I see an eyebrow raise, I feel like I can just say it. And I'm like, when I teach jazz, we go back to the, we are looking at, at the Africanist, you know, like the, the roots of that. So I feel like um, that activism and that fire that I have is actually, I'm able to feel through that in my classes. And then in my choreography, same thing, my company does a lot of work based on dance and social justice. And that can mean a lot of different things depending on how, for me, it's through the narrative and how I'm able to, like, tell the stories. And, and I do a lot of that processing with in the creative process. So I feel like, and then, you know, it's, I, whenever I get really angry about something, there's usually a dance coming, right? <laughs> so I feel really lucky because those are my spaces that I can do that work. And then when I, so that when I go out into a larger role, kind of like, like, i Somewhere. Then I can um I don't know, it feels more lived. Um, this I'm I'm on the board of directors for ACDA. And this summer we started a book club and we were reading My Grandmother's Hands. I don't know if you guys know that book or have read it, but it's like it's a, it's a, it's amazing and it's really uh talks about like getting into the body and dealing with anger. And that was really beautiful and helpful, I thought, to say, how can we as um kinesthetic beings like put some of that in or choose not to, or like, you know, how are we becoming more aware? So yeah, but I think if anything, there's just, um, more fatigue right now. Um, because I feel like when you do this kind of work, um, as Anna Maria does, and as we all do, it's like, uh, then when it starts to become like, I don't know, trendy, and then everyone's doing it. And by this point we've been doing this. And so there's a little bit of fatigue, especially when people are always asking you to like be part of this meeting or that meeting because you know you're brown or black and um so i I, that's another place where i'm really mindful of like yeah i want to be at the table but like i don't have to keep doing your work for you like read these books and then we'll talk right you know kind of putting that back so again that self-care protecting our peace and our um balance uh i think is, is really important more than now you know now more than ever
2: yeah yeah it's it's funny the thing that came up for me hearing you uh just talk about the the feeling like your anger kind of like you're directing it and moving it in new ways as you've gotten older there's this way I think this year I feel like my anger has like risen up and out because I'm because in the beginning, especially, I was dancing a lot less. I was not moving my I, my whole life. I'm just like, when I feel this like vibration that's about to erupt, I go dance. I dance salsa for four hours and sweat through three t-shirts and like feel like I'm like okay. I, I like I feel myself and I understand the world and I'm okay. And then um, you know, it's something like my husband would always laugh because he's just like go dancing. And then I'd come back the next day and like at two o'clock in the morning and be okay. And like, be a, be a, a, like a like literally sweeped in joy because of, of moving my body, but feeling like there's this way in which being stuck in these boxes and these like, you know, and these screens for the last year and a half, there's, there hasn't been a place for me to be putting that as, as, as regularly. And, um, you know my son so beautifully and articulately said uh about a year ago it's easier to be angry than to be sad and i thought it's so profound because i feel like there's also been this like deep sense of sadness that of all you know of loss but also of just like the the sadness and also like the whole world opening their eyes to like what we've all like been living and seeing and existing in and not that that that's a, that's a positive and a great thing, but also like the wave of sadness of being like allowed to feel feel it all instead of having to like kind of hold it together. And so I th- I feel like that's also given me this like permission to, to like to be bolder and louder and like and and to express outwardly more this sense of anger, which I never I never. I think I always was like way more about like keeping the peace and, and, you know, making sure I'm trying to, trying to like navigate multiple difficult personalities and like always kind of like um, sort of playing in that way. And I know podcasts, you can't see what I'm doing with my body, but like this, is how I do. <laughs> you know, like all of this, like play, playing the room and making sure that people are like that. I was, I've, I've played the role a lot of times of like, that person at the table who's like representing so many other voices other than myself and having to try to like figure that out and negotiate that. And now I'm just, I feel like there's a way of like being pissed has like shown up in my work in a different way and in a way that's actually positive because it's being pissed at the system and being pissed at larger context, not being pissed that I'm having to like be that person. Like I'm actually like leaning into that, embracing that, but like pissed at the larger framework of like that we're still having these freaking conversations and the same narrative keeps happening over and over and over and over and over over again and you know yeah that's that
0: yeah 100 percent. and um i was just curious about asking like you know you know we'll just talk a little bit about dangerous women um is when have women right, actually demonstrated they are dangerous at a particular level that it threatens men's power, men's positions, and men's bodies. And I think about the Me Too movement. They think about this thing that just terrified men. Like, I could lose my job. It's like, yeah, fucker, you could. And they became terrified, terrified. Wait, what? Now I feel like I have to monitor everything I say. For a while, they were all like, I don't know what to do. It's like, good. It's called learning. Do you know what I mean? Like, when learn. But I, Welcome. I think, I think that's
1: exactly what's happening in terms of race right now. Like, I yes. was very fascinated, very fascinated yesterday after the end of the Derek Chauvin tra- trial. I expected to go on social media and see all this bickering, and on my feed, I saw nothing, and I thought, oh, so either a everyone thinks that this is the right decision. Or those folks who were very vocal months ago now know that this is no longer the right environment because people keep calling you out on your crap, right? You know, I know that I have a group of friends that are just very active about just in their own personal lives on social media, like calling people out when they say crazy things. So I'm also wondering if that's what's happening in that space too. Now you know you just you had to go you have to go underground now right you have these thoughts you have these feelings and you're I could lose my job for saying these things it's just an opinion no your racism is not just an opinion your sexism is not just an opinion it is the it is the fiber of who you are Mm
0: -hmm. you know absolutely yes yes and yes I do think that that reckoning is happening I agree I think that's the part where I'm curious is that I know that. The flexibility, the yielding, the the womb work of like literally holding space for all of that has been what we've labored to. And yet I see some of the most significant, significant moral changes towards social justice happen when women just say, I have had it. No apologies, I have had it. I'm not putting up with it. Anymore and the answer to it is just no That's not how it is and it's not how it's gonna be any more and when that kind of like (sighs) Shows up I don't know It's like the world changes So I'm curious about what that is for you guys where where you see examples of that where you're noting that because I feel the tenderness of both wanting to be graceful and loving fluid and at the same time I know that reckoning when you can look somebody dead in the eye and say I know you dare but don't but don't and what that does where they just get like wait what there's consequences for me Yes, yes, there are.
2: I, I feel like AOC is like that for me, like the in terms of like looking at our government and the way her, who she represents and what she is in this inside of politics right now. Is this like deep, like unapologetic accountability, like holding people accountable in a way that's like very loving and very um, like I'm not I'm not. You know, she does it with a smile on her face, but she also does it like so pointedly and so articulately and so clearly that I um, and the whole movement like Stacey Abrams and like all the all of the women that have like kind of been emerging on the on the scene in the last like, um, you know, really four or five years. I feel like there's this way in which the, the feminizing of our politics of our political structures is. It's, it's challenging the old white male, you know, sort of like identity of what it what politics is in a way that I think is super refreshing, is not happening fast enough, but it's also, it is happening and we can feel it happening and see it and, and see the like scrambling and outrage and rearing of like the beast that's coming out in response to it, you know, of like the nastiness that came out around Elizabeth Warren or even, even Hillary Clinton, like this, this the like nastiness that comes out towards these women leaders, um, that is so not what men are gonna get. <laughs> like we're not, you know, like it's just not the same at all. Even uh, Michelle Obama, like the stuff that people would say about her or have said about her, you know, yeah. You just, you see the ugliness um, and the, and the
3: yeah, you see, you see the beast come out, I feel like. What's, and what's really disturbing is when it's women who are do, you know, like conservative women who are, like, speaking out against uh, strong women who differ from their opinion. And it's like, do you see that you're just a clone? Like, you're not, like, you, there's no way, you know, especially if it has to do with like women's rights or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just any very, very basic, like, human things. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the conservative side of the female is extra toxic in a way because it feels, um, like more of a betrayal almost, you know, it's like, yeah, well, you're a dude, like, what do you know about, um, and then, but then it's like their wives are right there, you know, with them and it's like, Ooh, I don't, that, that makes me extra angry.
0: Um- yeah. yeah, well, and we know that, you know, um, misogyny, right doesn't really have a gender other than the target of its hate, um, but the perpetrator certainly um, can can be, you know any 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 person, anybody. Um, <clears throat> and I'm. I'm wondering about, um, I don't know, how do we get uh, to a place um, where it is safe um, to trust each other, to feel secure um, in acknowledging um, the kinds of things that we're pushing for, where the anger comes from. Like you guys are describing accountability, a disruption against oppressive systems. to insist on equity, visibility, representation, and that that's where some of the fury comes from. So when you are in spaces where you know that actually that rigidity, that density, that fire, the fire starter, the fire bender is necessary, but you're sitting in, in, in nothing but delicacy with with so much fragility that you're like, Oh man, if I actually let go of 1% of the actual, how I feel and what I would say, I'ma accidentally burn your face off.
1: I, I wanna, I love this. Like I love this question and I love this conversation. Um, I have a 26-year-old niece who I'm super close to, and we have been saying this thing for the last couple of weeks. You just got to start acting like you're white. And it's a joke, right, with us. But but, but I want to tell you, like, I have really, like, put this on. And what I mean by that is that just looking at the situation and going, well, what what would Judy over there, what would she do? She would say this, 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 and that, and the other, and this is why this does not need to happen. And she'd sit back in her chair and she would be resolved with, that's what needs to happen. She would make her space and not apologize for it. And honestly, you guys, it's been liberating. Like, you know, I was, I'm 48, so I was raised to move out of the way of people, but that was mostly white people. you, you're just kind of as a black person, you are just kind of trained like to step to the side. Don't make too much noise when you go in the store. Don't embarrass me. And you're like, you minimize yourself in public so that that's the energy that I was given. And so I have now when I'm walking, if you don't make eye contact with me so that we can mutually agree how we're going to navigate, I'm just going to keep walking straight because that's what you do when we're in faculty meetings and somebody is taking over your time. And you raise your hand and say, you know, this meeting's gone on a little bit long. That's not what black Nicole would do, but that's what, hey, I have another meeting to go to, so I'm going to leave now, my time's valuable. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like at first, when I first did it, I was shocked. I don't think the people around me were shocked, but I was like, oh my gosh, you just did that. And it totally worked. You just never allowed yourself to do it because you just thought that you need to minimize yourself in the situations because that's what you do as a black woman. And so I just offered that to the space and my niece and I, you know, she, we refer to it as our white self. She's like, well, you just need to put on white Nicole. But there is, <laughs> there is something about that, like that self-advocacy that people who are not persons of color are raised with. Mm-hmm. The expect the expectation that things will work out a certain way. I mean, I even did something so Karen-esque, I was unhappy with my meal at Chipotle. <laughs> I sent an email to Chipotle and do you know that I got a free burrito bowl? Like, this is what happens for them. <laughs> they like, oh my God, shit, this is why they do this, wait. And this is why they do this, right? And, I, and I'm not going to oh, do this that. Oh, how either. it works. I'm not going to ask for the manager or do those types of things. But when I've been wronged in a space or if I need to speak up, mm-hmm. I'm not going to apologize for that or be concerned that somebody's going to think that I'm the angry black person. I'm going to come to you with love and light. Mm-hmm. hey you messed up my burrito bowl and i didn't really like my burrito bowl. and i loved chipotle and i really like going there that was my message but you're gonna fix the situation because you didn't give me what i paid for
2: and you deserve and it. it and you deserve it.
1: <laughs> and i and ah. i deserve it and that thank you for going there because that is the thing i didn't think that i deserved that because i was taking up space in somebody else's world and yeah. now yes. This is, I am taking up space in my own world. Mm. And that mm. it, it has been, like I said, it just started ladies with just the walking in public. And I've shoulder checked a couple of people cause they didn't move. <laughs> and, then, and I turn on my nice church lady voice. Oh, excuse me.
0: And Oh, excuse me.
1: <laughs> but I mean, there, there's something in that, that yes. taking on that persona that I am not taking up space in your world. This is
0: our world. Mm. Yeah, and you know Nicole, I really want to just really like say thank you for that. And what I love, right, the the hilarity of white Nicole or just be white. But what it is is to say <laughs> actually just embody the dignity that is already yours. And that yeah. when you are being yeah, asked to assimilate, yes. you are assimilating to a mm-hmm. dignity that is already your birthright mm-hmm. rather than the opinion of white supremacy. And mm-hmm. it is an agreement to a behavior that is yours and not determined by a them or an mm-hmm. other to you. And I love that practice, that behavior of actually saying, actually, I'm not making agreements to an assimilation for reduction. What I'm gonna do is walk in, fully behave, and embody the dignity that is already mine.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. totally relate to that, Nicole. I feel like when I turned like forty, and forty, I'm gonna be forty-seven. But um, I think like maybe you know, when I was forty-two or forty-three, I I realized it about myself. I was like, why do I always move out of the way of people? You know, like I I think it would I would just like chocolate. It's like, well, I'm polite and they're oblivious and. You know, <laughs> a lot of it has to do with the same way that I was raised. It's like stand to the radar, you know, mind your P's and Q's, don't like, you know, you're be a good Latina out there in the world. And, and so I want to be that, but it's also like, I just stopped. I, I stopped doing it when it was. If it was my fault, I have no problem apologizing. But I would like not move out, you know, it was like, and I, I, I'll even sometimes be like, excuse you, keep walking. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. it's yes. like, gosh, that's so embedded in many of us too. And I think it's a POC thing. I think it's a, a female thing of, um, yeah. Like, and I'm like, no, I'm done. And I think also, you know, when as we get to the, to the parents part, when we're parents, I think that really shifts something about like, how am I, I mean, how am I in the world? And how am I gonna raise my kids to be in the world? Kids are now 18 20 um and so that's a really prime time my daughter's a freshman in college and i love it because she just like she's really on her like feminist like i mean she's taking a psychology of sex class right now and she's like everything is about the male gaze like is even like can women even enjoy sex and i'm like okay well this is a <laughs> yeah, yes and but I love it because every time she comes up for dinner and her poor brother and my partner Zach, they're just like, okay, I don't want to like <laughs> get in. But she's like fired. She's on fire. She you should interview her for your podcast. But um, yes, yeah. often, I've always taught my kids if they were small. I our mantra is you teach people how to treat you. And some because sometimes they don't know and they're very wrong in how they're treating you. And so mm-hmm. sometimes by either saying like, nope, sorry, you can't talk to me like that, or sorry, no, I'm not moving out of the way, um, or yeah, that's, I'm going to leave now because the meeting, because my time is valuable, you know, so I just like hold on to that, even in my adult life, and like, sometimes you have to re-teach people, because they don't, um, they don't know, they don't get it right away, Mm -hmm. And, and then sometimes that, you know, has to come out in a very direct conversation, or Anger or whatnot, but it's like we have like this one moment, you know, that we're going through history in this body. Um, and it's like you get one chance to, to, to really make it count. And uh, yeah, sometimes people just have to be retrained, mm-hmm. but I really relate to what you're saying Nicole, about that. And I love that. I it's such an experiment. I'm gonna say <laughs> that with my daughter. <laughs> Like you know, it's, it, life. Is
1: enjoy, it is enjoyable. I am telling you, I had no idea and I waited till I was forty eight years old to have this experience. I should have been doing this years ago. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I love I, I love it. I often think about power negotiations when I feel them, especially emotionally, mm-hmm. of the same things. Of like <sighs> what a white man how how would this be different? Mm-hmm. How does this feel? If I were in this power move and I'm super emotional here, like what, like what's the behavior, what's the attitude, how? And I notice I change emails, a lot of delete, a mm-hmm. lot of don't need that info, certainly don't need any of those qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And I just sit with, this is how it is, mm-hmm. period. Um, I have felt the same thing by motivating enactment and embodiment of behavior of what has been previously the status of the privileged, but we know it's the birthright of all bodies. Mm-hmm. So I find myself practicing equalizing things for myself as well, is I stop apologizing for somebody fulfilling what it is they're supposed to already do. Like I'm mm-hmm. supposed to say, sorry, that you didn't do your job. Instead of just saying, this is a notification, the job was not complete, mm-hmm. or how the job was executed does not actually meet yeah, the original intention I have found myself calling people out in ways that feel like that's how maybe I get at that arrow, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: fire bending and target aim rather than feeling like I just exhaust myself by raging the blaze. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
0: I have found very much, Nicole, so much of the same thing is an embodiment, an enactment of some of these behaviors that I have felt so shy to be. And when I do them, be them, practice them, I notice, yeah, I'm less angry because I have more power.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I love also the way you said about apologizing, which feels very in relationship and linked to this permission to rage or this permission to feel anger, this permission to express dissatisfaction or, you know, like, I mean, even again, like whether it's a Chipotle bowl or whether it's like the way you're getting paid versus your colleague, like it's, it's like, this is not right and this is not okay. And I'm going to express that. And I think that there's, there's a, I'm, I'm 40. I think I'm 43. I always forget if I'm 42 or 43. I think I'm 43, but, but I feel like you're all talking about, I'm like, yes, I think this is, I'm happy. This is happening right now. I feel like I'm literally finding that i'm 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 done apologizing i'm done apologizing for my existence i'm done apologizing for my taking up of space i'm done apologizing for having needs and and desires and wants and and that 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 being done apologizing is like that being willing to boldly and lovingly and boldly claim space that that is that like, like Nicole, you said, and I said, is we deserve it. Right. Like there's this sense of like, we've thought we've been trained inside of the system we live in to think we don't deserve it. And, um, or that someone else deserves it or that we deserve to make space for other people. And, and yeah, there's just I just, I'm, I'm super excited to to just even like be thinking about this. Cause I feel like it's like helping me cra- crack away at, at finding more power inside of all of it.
0: Yeah. yeah me too what i love is this conversation of um conspirators it makes me feel so good to be in this space (laughs) with these like wonderful little co-conspirators who are figuring (laughs) out right how to actually wield this fire um in the places that they they need to to do it in a way that actually motivates into action. And that what I'm also hearing here too is to not be in disguise that that's what you're doing, that that's Mm -hmm. the energy source you're drawing from, that it's not just this altruistic, I skipped here and saying like happy songs. Like the reason I'm here is cause it's not working and we got (laughs) to get to work. So I didn't (laughs) skip here, I came here spot on with a mission <laughs> to get stuff done so yeah. um i'm also loving the suggestion of this enactment that from fire comes the form uh, of of who we are in a way that stops saying i'm sorry it's not enough i'll do more that we're walking in and saying, actually, as a fire bender, as a rage beast, I'd like to caution you about the things that are actually quite possible. So we might want to get some stuff done now before this thing gets set off. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, it's so good to be with you. I feel like already I'm so inspired by by the conversation space. um, I hope maybe this might be a way that we could just check in sometimes to do more of these just how's it going, um, Mm -hmm. where are you at? um, And to feel so honored that although we know um, it's not yet enough, it's not. We are in fact sitting here in conversation in such a meaningful way as females as women of color, as dancing bodies, having a conversation where the intentionality actually is uh, to use who we are to Mm -hmm. insist and demand upon the change that is necessary. Um, And I'm proud, I'm proud to sit in the vividness of your color, uh, the Mm -hmm. density of your bodies, um, the conviction of your hearts. Uh, So thanks for being with me. Thanks for being who you are. Thanks for enduring all the things that you endure to be who you are right now. And so I really look forward to getting a chance to be with who you are in the next time we meet. Um, And I hope you burn it down and build it up (laughs) a thousand times.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
2: Burning it down, Holly. <laughs> so thank you for having you. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes.
0: yes, yes.
2: I love that. Yes, and it's and it is. It's like mm. fill. It's filling the well. I feel I feel filled <laughs> by this. So thank mm. you for inviting. Me. Oh,
3: thank, you. thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.